Welcome to The Grind, a podcast about the church planting process and missional strategies to make disciples of all nations. Coming to you from the offices of the Arkansas Baptist State Convention in Little Rock, Arkansas. Now, here are your hosts, Dave McClung and Chad Grigsby. Welcome back to The Grind, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, I'm Dave McClung, as always, and with me is the wonderful, uh, the enticing, uh, Chad Grigsby. I think you mean the illustrious. Well, I, I, I chose not to say illustrious this <laughs> you time. You tried to avoid that. Nick, I saw Nick you. Scarborough. Nick Scarborough. Uh, Nick, if you're listening out there, I'm calling you out, buddy. Because uh, we were at our ministerial leadership development retreat uh, with college students that get ministerial scholarships on Friday. And uh, Nick said, I want to be on the podcast just so you can introduce me as the illustrious Nick Scarborough. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. uh, and, uh, so I, I do say that quite a bit. I could so, see uh, you I could see you struggling for other adjectives. So you did well. Yeah. You did well. In my limited <laughs> brain capacity, you know, there's, there's only so much room uh, yeah. up there amidst all the rocks to find a good adjective. So I'm going to, I'm going to have to, I'm going to have to do a, uh, a, a thesaurus search and uh, get me a whole list of adjectives to introduce people. Yeah. And uh, so, uh, and you know, our guest today, really, there are not enough adjectives in the world to describe our guest uh, for today. And uh, we'll get to him here in a second. We'll uh, give me some time to think of uh, a long string <laughs> yeah. of things to yeah, say. Here it comes. <laughs> <laughs> now, we've got B.J. Strickland live in the studio with us. Uh, B.J. is the executive pastor. It's I guess that's your title now, isn't yep. it? Uh, at the Summit Church in Little Rock. And uh, we're going to talk about uh, church planting residencies and all that kind of good stuff here in a minute. So say, hey, folks. Yeah, man. Glad to be here. Thanks for letting me come and banter with you guys. Okay. All I wanted you to do was say, hey, folks. And then you just went on this long Hey, sentence. folks. Is this how it's going to go? I yes, mean, is- that's how it's going to go, Dave. <laughs> All right. Well, I tell you, it's been a fast and furious year so far uh, at the ABSC, and and we're finally you know kind of getting over that initial first of the year rush, and things are slowing down just a little bit. And so, uh, got some great things on the horizon coming up that we're real excited about. We'll tell you more about later. And uh, but excited that you've decided to join us today on this podcast. So we're going to talk specifically with BJ about church planting residencies. And uh, uh, a growing topic of interest in Arkansas, as well as nationwide, and some folks around the country doing it very well. And uh, and since I've been doing it for five months, I'm an expert. That's right, right. he is an expert. (laughs) And uh, (laughs) so we're getting we're getting kind of the early years of Summit's church playing residency, and and so uh, so we're excited to hear about that. So so BJ, kind of talk about your ministry journey, kind of leading up to and including your role at Summit now. Yeah, uh, and it's funny because it, a lot of it does really play into church planting uh, in that. I actually came to Christ uh, early in high school uh, and immediately began to get involved in, in ministry uh, just because of the college-age guys that were discipling me. Uh, they were all young and in ministry, and so started spending a lot of time with them and began helping lead in worship and uh, just serving in our youth group. And actually, when I was a senior in high school, uh, I had my first uh, official job at a church 
uh, and it was at a church plant that a buddy of mine's dad was starting. Um, so a church plant that uh, that actually didn't make it. Uh, yeah. So, uh, <laughs> yeah. so we, that's one we've of, both been there. Yeah. So that's uh, I told our guys in our residency. You know, one of the great things about um, getting to be here with uh, with us at the summit is we've got success and failures uh, <laughs> yeah. in our past, so we can yeah. tell you what to do and what not to do. Uh, hopefully in that. So started serving in that uh, in that church, and then ended up in college and seminary. Um, working in another church, a great church in the Birmingham area. I'm from Birmingham, Alabama, uh, and worked there. And from there, God called me to the summit uh, and was leading worship uh, at the summit and doing some other things there and went with another guy from summit to plant a church in Tuscaloosa, uh, Alabama. And summit sent us out, and we really got to experience what it looked like to be sent and supported well mm-hmm. uh, from, a, from a church. And so that was a phenomenal experience. I was there for three years, uh, and the other guy stayed, and I came back uh, to take a different role uh, at Summit. And since then, that church has actually planted two more churches. Uh, So we've been able to see God multiply that. Uh, So came back to Summit, and they were just in the early phases of multi-site. And so uh, over the last couple of years, my role has morphed uh, from small groups and kind of some administrative stuff to an executive pastor role and really overseeing church planting and multi-site for us. So I don't know if that gives you a broad enough snapshot, but that's a little bit of kind of where I've been the last 10 years or so. That was absolutely beautiful, BJ. I was moved to tears. (laughs) I'm sure you were. (laughs) That was great. That was great. You know, when, uh, uh, of course, Chad and I both have been a part of closing uh, church plant, and uh, Sonny Tucker, when he hired me here at the convention, he said, I I look for three things, employees uh, of the ABSC. He said, I want somebody that's got good relational relational skills, relationship building skills. He said, you got to have that in this job. He said, I want somebody that's experienced real revival, he said, because if you've ever experienced real revival, you don't ever want to go back <laughs> to the way it was before. And he said, but I also want somebody that's had their butt kicked. Yeah. <laughs> you know? He said, you know, when you've walked into that Absolutely. deacon's meeting or, you know, the church hasn't gone well and you're wondering if you're going to mm-hmm. have a job. Yeah. He said, if you've had that experience, you're far less likely to say something <laughs> stupid to somebody that's going to get them fired. Yeah, yeah Absolutely. So, uh, it's funny you say that about the experience real revival. Uh, one of the things that we say, there's several of us on our staff that all served at a church in Birmingham at Gardendale First Baptist when Dr. Gaines, uh, uh-huh. who's the president now at the SBC, was there. Uh, and we all used the phrase that uh, that we got ruined. Uh, we got ruined by revival there because yeah. God really was wow. moving in just unimaginable ways. And, and we always say, once you've tasted that, you'll never, you can't settle for yeah. less than that. Wow. Uh, so you we, were on staff at Gardendale too? Mm-hmm. I didn't know, I know that. Staff. Yeah, I was on staff at Gardendale for almost five years. Okay. Uh, so for three years of college and two years of seminary. And I was there for a couple of years with Dr. Gaines and then there through the year of interim uh, and then there for uh, a year, year and a half with Dr. Ham that's there now. Okay, okay. So. Oh, all right. All right, so so you guys, uh, Summit has just launched uh, its first church planting residency uh, back in September. Uh, you know, planted churches before, sent out teams before, have done kind of some multi-site venues before, mm-hmm. uh, but this is the first time to do a really intense church planting residency. So kind of talk about the vision for the residency, how that came about, uh, and and just, you know, you know kind of hopes, dreams, all of that, yeah. you know, for the residency. 
Yeah, for us, you know, the the mission of the summit uh, is actually, the, the residency really flows out of the mission of the summit. Our mission is to cooperate with God in developing multiplying communities of fully devoted followers of Jesus Christ. And over the last couple of years, God's really led us further into that multiplying communities piece. And we've been doing that through, uh, through multi-site. Uh, and for us, multi-site is a a little bit of a hybrid. Uh, you know, we have a live teaching model. Uh, one of our elders said what we do is is like multi-site and church planning, got married and had a baby. Uh, so it is kind of a little bit of a, of a hybrid model for us. And so we've been doing that through, through multi-site, and we've sent out a couple of church planners along the way over the last couple of years. But really, uh, in the last two years, have, have just come to a place where we felt like one of the greatest ways for us to accelerate the multiplying communities piece of what we feel God's called us to do is to pour into and invest and raise up church planters mm-hmm. uh, and send them out. And that was happening organically at the summit already. Uh, we've got a guy that has planted in Seattle, and then, like I said, we planted in Tuscaloosa, and we've got missionaries planting churches internationally. You know, you're, yeah. you've seen it you know, just all over the place right now. But we just came to a place where we felt like, you know what? the greatest way for us to really accelerate this is to invest in church planners. Yeah. Uh, and so the summit uh, started on a journey in that and uh, allowed me to to take some time to be able to really learn from some guys that are doing it really well. Um, so I got to spend some time with Mike McDaniels at uh, the summit in North Carolina uh, at J.D. Greer's church and got to spend several days with them and learned a ton from them and then spent some time with Bill Wellens this year. Uh, who leads Fellowship Associates, and they've planted, I don't know, like 70 churches in the last 15 years. And so got a a chance to really spend a lot of time with those guys uh, over the last year and learn a lot from them uh, in that. And so we've been going since we brought on two church planters last fall uh, in October. And so we've been going since then. And really our vision in this is to, to invest in the planter. Right. Uh, to spend you know nine months investing in the planter, uh, we we chose to. There's kind of two models that people do. Uh, one is they where your church planters come in, spend a few days a month doing training, and then they kind of go back to wherever they were. Or there's a model where they come and they live and breathe what you're doing as a church for an extended period of time. And we chose that model, so we brought these two guys on our staff. Mm-hmm. They're with us in meetings. They're with us in planning. They're kind of shadowing our pastors, learning what we're doing while at the same time preparing uh, to plant with them. So uh, we're, we're excited about it. Uh, I feel like we're, <laughs> like I said, we're, we're four or five months in, and we could tell you as many things uh, that we've learned not to do yeah. uh, as we have uh, learning what to do. But I think when we think about right now what we want to see happen in this, it really is to spend time investing in the planner. Yeah. Uh, we really believe you know everything rises and falls on the leadership of that church, yeah. and so spending time investing in the planter themselves, and ble- investing in their marriage, investing in their ministry, and just helping them prepare for for where they're headed. Awesome. Hey, sen- awesome. since you since you mentioned it, uh, now that you're several months in, how's it going? <laughs> you know, what have you learned? Uh, <laughs> what, uh, yeah. what, what do you think's gone well? What do you think would would you change? Uh, yeah, I think uh, so far for us, uh, Chad. I think I think what's what's gone well. Uh, some of the things that we've learned in this is uh, you can't o- overestimate. For us, again, in the model of what we're trying to do in this, because I know people do it different ways. Uh, you can't overestimate the value of the relationships that you're forming mm. uh, and just that relational discipleship model. And so we're spending a lot of time with these guys, uh, even just digging in with them on 
their their family life, uh, digging in with them on just what's going on personally inside of them, their relationship with the Lord. Uh, I think so far that's one of the main things for us is uh, I thought that that would be kind of a you know, something we just kind of touched at the very beginning, and okay, now we're past that, let's get on to the nuts and bolts and talk church planning, <laughs> yeah. uh, but just realizing, you know, man, these guys, they're they're just real guys, yeah. you know, and so we're spending, we're spending time, you know, off, off the grid, we're spending time every week, just, you know, hey, how's your heart, what's going on with you, how you doing, uh, and really helping them prepare their self uh, for the plant as much as prepare the plant. Uh, so I would say just the relational aspect of it, I, I, I did not anticipate that. Yeah. Um, and the other thing that, and this was something that, that I learned in some training from Bill Wellens at Fellowship Associates, but I didn't realize uh, until we got into it how true it would be, uh, is just the value of repetition, uh, that there are some things mm-hmm. that you're going to need to hit over and over and over and over again. And when I was when I was spending time training with Bill, uh, one of the things he said is, you know, hey, we've we got a list of probably twenty five topics that we covered during the year, but there are four or five things that we're hitting over and over and over that weave throughout everything that we do. Uh, so I think for us, we've I feel like so far I've seen that we've really developed some of those things that are the repetition for us. So what would be some of those things that you're hitting? I think uh, just multiplication at every level uh, is a repetition for us. Uh, You know, that we're we're pushing these guys to be thinking, okay, who's your team that you're building? And on the front end, who are the leaders that you're developing? Who are the leaders that you're empowering? So I think just – Team uh, is another one for us mm-hmm. that we are constantly, and you've been around Summit enough to know we're we're very high on team leadership yeah, and right. elder leadership and and a plurality of leaders, and so that's another thing that these guys I think probably get tired of hearing us say yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. is that we're constantly pushing them towards you know the the development of that and the heart piece. Yeah, uh, I think we're we're just kind of continually pulling them back to that and leading out of the overflow of their relationship with Christ uh, in that. So I think that's probably would be, you know, a couple of things that I feel like have gone well, things that haven't gone well (laughs) Uh, in that, some things that I learned, uh, just so you can kind of get nuts and bolts of what we're doing. Uh, They sit in on some meetings with us, but right now what we're doing is we spend all day Wednesday uh, in kind of a training day. Uh, So that, and we've got... We had it originally lined out to cover one topic uh, every Wednesday, and I uh, I have realized, and one thing we we're already changing is uh, that's not a smart move. Uh, guys just cannot focus on one thing for an entire day. Yeah, uh, we are just not wired that way. <laughs> so, uh, so one thing we've shifted already uh, is that that we're kind of hitting maybe two or three things a day uh, in shorter blocks, and then we may come back to it the next week. So, you know, instead of spending one entire day on what's your discipleship structure going to be in your church. Uh, you know, what's going to be your system for for discipling people, assimilating people, raising up leaders, all that. Instead of spending one day on that, we just realized we can't function that way. So it's like, hey, let's hit that for two or three hours this week, and then we'll come back and pick it up the next mm, week. Yeah. Uh, so I think that's just been a, a super practical thing that we've learned is kind of breaking that up. And the other thing is helping them see it in real life. Uh, one thing that we've shifted to over the last couple of weeks even is I'm trying to find, and I need to talk to you guys about this actually to get some other people involved, but trying to Skype in church planners uh, that are on the field um, so that they're not just hearing this as theory or reading it somewhere or hearing even how we do it at Summit, 
but you know we we skyped with a buddy of mine who's planting a church in South Alabama uh, last week, and you know out of the seven hours we spent together that day that 20 minutes was probably the most beneficial thing for those guys. Yeah, yeah, um, so yeah. helping them just kind of get it in, get it in real life uh, in that. So I think that's probably one thing uh, that we've learned. Another thing that, that I've learned that I, uh, you can tell a little bit about my personality in this. I can tell you way more things we're doing wrong than what we're doing right. Uh, so I got a big list over here. Uh, in that, we're good but, at that as well. <laughs> yeah. Uh, one thing that I was, I was fearful of um, was making them do assignments. Uh, and I, I think I'm, I'm realizing now that, you know, a, as hokey as that feels to say, okay, I need you to write one page on this, uh, yeah. there is huge, huge benefit in having them do that. Yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm kind of fearful of that. I don't want it to feel like, again, for us, everything is so relational. I don't want it to feel classroomish. Right. Uh, but I also realize in some evaluation over the last month that not doing that is, is probably it's a detriment to them. You know, they need that processing time. Man, I tell you, one of the things that I do all the time when, when guys are talking about their vision, talking about their strategy, I'll tell them, write it down. Mm. I want to see it. Because it's not real until you start putting it on paper. It's an idea, you know, out in left field here, an idea out in right field here, you know, an idea out here. And until you start bringing all that together and put it in a fashion where it's easily communicatable. I don't know if that's a word or yeah. not. It's going to be today. <laughs> it is now. It is now. But uh, uh, you know, when when you force them to write that down, it forces them to think. Okay, will this really work? Yeah. Uh, or is it some idealistic picture out here that's unattainable? And uh, yeah. I so, think we've seen a little bit of that. You know, yeah. if we can we can talk about vision and we can talk about all these ideas. And one thing that we even did, you know, we're we were in a room where there were two whiteboards, and you know, and I've got these two guys and said, hey, just let's just whiteboard it. You know. Know, just throw ideas up there. Well, we get all those ideas up there, and then you say, "Okay, so now, how do you streamline that down and really communicate that yeah. in a way?" You know, and you get get kind of that deer in the headlights look of, "Oh, okay, yeah. <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna Will Mancini this." Yes, yes, absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. So I think that that's probably one thing. Even right now, as I'm looking at it, you know, looking over these questions over the last couple of days, that's probably one of the things now that I'm seeing. Hey. We need to change that yeah. now. Yeah. You know, we need to do a better job of that even now. You said earlier that Summit sent you guys out to plant in Alabama. And you said, yeah, you kind of said that the experience for you, it, it felt good to know what it was like to be sent out and supported well. And and since you guys are investing a lot of these guys, in these guys in your residency, I wonder if you could just maybe say what, what are the top – two things that you say Summit sent us out and supported us well because of these two things or three things? Just real short. Don't have to be elaborate, but... Yeah, no, absolutely. You know. That's a great question. Uh, well, one, financially. Uh, I okay. Mean, they, okay. Uh, they paid uh, most of our salary um, for the first year, uh, each of us, uh, and covered our family's insurance, uh, So, which was huge. Yeah. You right. know? I mean, right. that, that takes, as a church planner... That takes a massive, massive burden off, uh, and they even, you know, they did a, a one-time offering uh, to raise money to help us, you know, buy sound equipment and all that. So, I mean, that that piece was great, um, but the relational piece was just as important. Uh, you know, we 
because we went down there, we had to form a board of directors. We didn't know anybody there. We were parachuting in with a couple of families. So uh, at that point, one of the elders at the summit and one of the other staff members at the summit functioned as elders for us. Uh, mm-hmm. They functioned on our board. Uh, so yeah. relationally, we stayed connected with them until, and they stayed on until we were able to add elders uh, there. So, so George and Kyle were, they were on our board for probably two more years after we launched. Uh, and, and just the relationship of being able to, to call back, uh, you know, and ask for things. And we, a a perfect example, we reached a point, I don't know, Chad, probably a year, year and a half in where we had kind of plateaued and, Mm -hmm. you know, the, the newness of church planting is worn off and you realize, okay, now we're not planting a church, we're pastoring a church. (laughs) (laughs) Right. And, uh, and in that, uh, there were some, some things that we just, we were stuck, uh, honestly. Uh, mm-hmm. And Bill, uh, the pastor at the summit, uh, you know, in the midst of the busyness of him pastoring the summit, you know, he packs up and drives down and, and spends two days uh, with Troy and I. Wow. And honestly, at the end of that two days, uh, you know, he looks at us, actually probably at the end of the first day, he looks at us and says, all right, guys, here's what I think are the issues. Here's Here's the questions I think you need to answer, and here's... You know, if you want my opinion, here's how I would answer them. Uh, And honestly, it was a turning point for us. I mean, it was a huge, huge turning point for us. And he was really just teaching us how to move from planting to pastoring. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) You know, and that that was a huge piece of it. So I think the relational component uh, ongoing in that, you know, and even I can't count the number of times also, Chad, just tiny things like, you know, we'd call them and say, hey, uh, hey, that graphic y'all used for such and such series, can you send us the the PSD of that so that we can edit it and use it ourselves so we don't have to spend time making one? Yeah. Uh, so yeah. there was there were huge, just little tiny, you know, tiny things like that. But at the same time, the relationship uh, and the finances were, were huge. Yeah, that's great. Well, I kind of wanted to tap into that a little bit and kind of see what, what, what were those things because – uh, we always want to see how we can be better at sending and supporting and helping churches realize how to be good at sending and supporting. Yeah. Uh, you, you guys, uh, you have several, uh, we have several churches that are praying about uh, starting church planning residencies. What what advice would you say you know, to a church that's looking at that? What are the essential things that they need to think through, pray through, and maybe even have in place before they get started? Yeah, absolutely. I, I definitely would say, uh, is is God initiating it? Uh, is <laughs> count, count the cost on this one because uh, you know is is the Lord leading you into it, uh, and and at what level? Uh, yeah. And so uh, I think some of the things that I would say to to really pray through and process would be who's going to lead it, uh, and the follow up to that is uh, whoever's going to lead it. What are they going to stop doing? Wow, uh, because to do it yeah. and do it well takes a lot of time, uh, and I'm realizing that even more. I mean, just on a practical level, you know, I mean, being on a church staff, just in terms of sheer time, I, I lost a day a week, yeah. minimum. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, just yeah. minimum. Right. I lost one day a week in the training mm-hmm. uh, of our of our residents, and there's so much more involved in it than that. So, I think. Asking yourself, you know, who who's going to lead it? Uh, what are they going to stop doing uh, to be able to really devote time to this? And and at the summit, uh, we made the decision to to hire. At that point, I was kind of the small groups pastor slash executive pastor, and so in order to do this, we you know we had to backfill the small group side. Uh, yeah. So we hired a guy. 
And honestly, I can't tell you the number of times in the last three months I've walked into his office and looked at him and said, if you weren't here, we wouldn't be able to do anything we're doing right now. Yeah. Um, so I think who's going to lead it, uh, you know, and then what – what are they? What are they going to stop doing? You know, what are you going to be able to to lay down so that you can really invest uh, invest time in this? Uh, and then the other piece is, I would say, in terms of thinking through what you want, what do you really want to accomplish in this? Uh, what's your end goal? And something that I think I can't remember if it was Bill Wellens or Mike McDaniel's, one of those guys um, used this phrase, and it's just stuck with me uh, of. Are you, is your goal, and and whoever it was said, uh, neither one of these are wrong. You just need to decide which one it is that you're trying to accomplish in this. Is your goal to develop a farm system or a finishing school? Uh, Are you, is the Hmm. intent of your residency to be something that takes guys that are fresh, young, maybe just cutting their teeth in ministry and train them and prepare them and develop them to get ready to plant, uh, get ready, and maybe even taking some guys who never pastored before, taking some guys with kind of very little ministry experience, and your residency being kind of a farm system of raising those guys up, or is it more of a finishing school where you're taking a guy who probably has some ministry experience. Uh, The way that that I heard, I think Mike McDaniels at Summit in North Carolina say this, was um, for them, they're taking somebody who's already a pastor and teaching them how to be a church planner. Uh, So they're taking somebody that probably has some ministry experience, probably has some experience in pastoral, in the pastoral world. Uh, Like for us, for instance, right now, we've got a guy, Zach, that I mean, he's been a senior pastor for five years, uh, and now he's planting a church. So we're teaching him, you know, not necessarily not necessarily pastoring, but we're teaching him how to plant. So if if we were more, and just to answer the question for us, we're more in the finishing school side right now than we would be the farm system. Uh, and so for us, I think you just you look at it differently yeah. uh, based on those two things. So I think on the front end, answering that question. Uh, would hmm. be a huge, you know, a huge piece uh, for somebody that was just in the initial fr- initial phases of praying through and thinking through what is it, you know, that you're wanting to wanting to start. And I think as far as uh, Chad, you, part of the question you guys gave me was, what do you need to have in place yeah. uh, before you start? Uh, I think just uh, you got to you got to know you got to know who you are. Uh, as a church, uh, and and know what God has called you to, uh, because at the end of the day, I really feel like what you're doing in the residency is you're teaching them that, uh, and then you're allowing them to contextualize that for where they're going mm-hmm. uh, in that. So I think just just clarity around your ministry philosophy and what you believe God has uniquely called your church to do, because uh, I, I think at the end of the day, that's really what you're trying to to replicate yeah. um, in that. So uh, I don't know if that answers the question. Absolutely. That's just kind of a, yeah, yeah. Good stuff. a couple of things uh, in that. Another thing uh, that I had written down when you sent me this, uh, I don't know if this fits into this question or not, but probably the best piece of advice that I got, um, this would be not necessarily in preparing, but I guess it is in some ways, uh, was uh, Bill Wellens, one of the guys that I spent some time with, said, Hey, one thing you need to know is you're you are going to change this every year. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. He said, so just take take the pressure off yourself. Yeah. Honestly, and it was so liberating for me. Yeah. He said, you know, don't feel like 
you got to get this thing just right this first year and get it. He said, man, take the pressure off. Yeah. <laughs> he yeah. said, you, you're going to change it every year, sometimes because you're learning stuff, and sometimes you're going to change it because of the guys that you have for that year. Right. Uh, so he said, what you're really doing is over time, you're building a library and a curriculum of training materials, and every year you're contextualizing to the guys that you have and you know, Hey, this year we may not need to focus on this. You know, like here, this is a great example. You know, one of the main pieces we had was fundraising. Well, one of our guys is a multi-site for us. And so he's not having to raise funds. Hmm. Well, the other guy uh, that we've got lived on support for 18 years with FCA. So man, I don't, I don't need to spend a unit on fundraising with him uh, at all. So we just scrapped that one for this year. Yeah, Uh, So we'll, we'll come back to it. So that was a hugely liberating thing for me, for him Mm. to say, Hey, you're going to change this thing every year. So don't feel like you got to figure it all out on the front end. So I think that would be a huge piece of advice to somebody thinking about starting this. That's That's great advice. I, I'd, I'd agree with that 100%. I, I don't know if there's anything I do that I don't change every time yeah. I do it. <laughs> Part of that is my personality, mm-hmm. but I, I just I'm relentlessly try to get better, you know, at what mm-hmm. I do. And uh, it's just this crazy pursuit of that. And so I think there's always stuff you can tweak. And, and I love the contextualization component of that. And I think it's vitally important. So what, so what would you say has been kind of the, the greatest challenge, you know, uh, and the greatest impact that, that church planning has had on Summit. You you guys wading into this, yeah. you know, biggest challenges versus impact. Yeah, it's interesting. I'd say the, the biggest challenge and biggest impact are probably two sides of the same coin for us. Uh, I think currently our biggest challenge is right now we're mainly planting in central Arkansas. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, right now we're in Little Rock. We planted in Conway three years ago, which is 20 minutes away. For anybody who doesn't know that, we're planting in Saline County, which is 20 minutes away. And we're planting in Bering Cross, which is 15 minutes away. Right. So we're planting right where we are. And the biggest challenge for us has been in this, we're trying to go into it with open hands. And, and we say all the time, hey, we're sending our best. You yeah. know, we're looking at, I looked at these two church planners the very first day and said, hey, guys, you, you got a headhunter's license. Take whoever you want. Yeah. Uh, and, man, when you do that, it's awesome. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, and one of the things we're seeing in that is that people respond to vision. Yeah. You know? So we're casting vision, and when you do that, some of our best leaders are saying, yeah, man, I want to go. Yeah. I want to go be a part of that. And uh-huh. so they are, which means that you also send out your best. Yeah. Uh, and so you're sending out some of your best leaders. Uh, when, we, when we planted Conway, uh, literally our whole media and production team went. Yeah. I mean, we literally lost everybody. I, I, I try not to say the word lost. We sent. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we proactively sent uh, everybody but like two people. Uh, and so uh, then we had to rebuild that. So yeah. right now we're, we're launching in Saline County in April. Uh, and we we're gonna we're gonna need twenty five kids volunteers yeah. uh, come April uh, that are gonna be sending out in that so and 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 two of our part time staff uh, yeah. are going so the greatest challenge in this is that you realize very quickly man we got to have systems for leadership development yeah uh, now I would say the biggest impact that this has had on us is that we're getting better yeah uh, we're getting it's forcing us to get better in the areas of discipleship wow. and leadership development. It's caused us to have greater clarity as a church because we realize, all right, we just sent those folks out. 
who's going to replace them? Right. Uh, and, and I think the greatest impact as well has been is it's been amazing to see what God has done in that. Uh, you know, we pastors love to use the phrase "you can't outgive God" yeah. uh, when it comes to finances. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but yeah. but really, we're seeing that we're seeing that play out right now in terms of people. Uh, yeah. And you know, when we when we sent out Conway, we sent out you know, 100, 120 people uh, in Conway, and since then, uh, we've grown by 200 yeah. uh, in Little Rock. And so the Lord's replaced all those people, and then some. Yeah. And now we're about to send out, you know, 150-plus to Saline County, and we're confident that, that God's going to replace those, yeah. you know, that God's going to bring in people. Uh, we're praying and hoping that God replaces those with lost people that we see saved yeah. uh, and, yeah. and discipled in that. So, you know, I think in all this, that's probably been the, the greatest uh, the greatest impact and the greatest struggle with it is really they, they really are kind of two sides of the same coin in that. So it's just the good thing is it's caused us to be, to be more intentional yeah. uh, and really focus on how are we going to disciple and raise up leaders? Because we know our goal is to send them out. Well, that means that eventually they got to be replaced right. um, in that. So Necessity is the mother of invention. That is <laughs> <That's> exactly, <laughs> exactly right. I, yeah, I've heard Archie you Mason say all the time, because they send people continually as well to their campuses, and then they send a whole crew of folks to Denver. They send a whole crew of folks to Seattle or Spokane. And uh, and he said, every time we open it up, anybody that feels called to go with these people, you know, it's open hands. And then he said, then people start coming up. And I'm like, oh, not, yeah. not the no, 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 no. Not not them, not them, not them. <laughs> yeah, yeah, not them. Yeah, I mean, right now, for instance, for Saline County, you know, we're we're sending two of our elders, um, you know, yeah. that are going to Saline County, and yeah. you know, I mean, that's actually three of our elders. Um, so that's a, you know, that's a, that's huge. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. when you're looking around, going, oh, okay, yeah, uh, you know, you send your best, you send your best leaders, uh, yeah. and and the Lord has to replace them. Yeah. So. All right. Well, let's kind of wrap up this part of the interview with, with this question. We ask all our all our guys this, you know, if you could give one piece of advice or say one thing to our church planners, uh, you know, what would be maybe something that somebody shared with you along the way that was really helpful or something you've learned or whatever, just that, you know, what's that one thing you, if you had a chance to say, you'd say? Yeah, I, I would say don't do it alone. Yeah, uh, you know that, that's one of the things that we're really committed to at the summit is uh, that we plant in teams. Yeah. Uh, you know, we we just don't think anybody needs to go and plant on their own. Yeah. Uh, so find your Barnabas, find who it is that God is is calling and is equipped to go with you, uh, and man, just don't don't do it alone because uh, it's hard, yeah, you know, and yeah. you're going to need somebody to talk you off the ledge uh, on the hard days, <laughs> yeah. and they're going to need somebody to talk them off the ledge on the hard days, and the Lord, most of the time in His sovereignty, won't let you have those days on the same day. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. So. Awesome. Awesome. All righty. Well, we're going to move into uh, Rapid Fire. Uh, right now, mm. these are. Uh, I intentionally didn't look at these. These uh, are so that they would be rapid fire. So hopefully, I'll have answers to. Them. Hey, these these are hot button questions that everybody wants to know. So <laughs> uh, you know, just forget everything else you said up to this point. This yeah. is what our listening audience di- is is dying yeah. to hear about. All right. So uh, all right, Chad, you gonna fire it away? Yeah. What are the top one or two books that have had the most impact on you? 
Uh, all right, I'm a uh, I'm a huge uh, huge secular leadership book guy, um, and so I would probably say uh, anything by Patrick Lencioni. Mm-hmm. Uh, all of his books, Five Dysfunctions of a Team, probably was the uh, was the main one, but also Death by Meeting uh, is phenomenal. So anything by him, and then on the spiritual side, um, uh, the autobiography of George Mueller. Uh, had more impact on me spiritually than probably uh, any book, just in terms of learning to really rely on and trust in the Lord. Who wrote that? (laughs) (laughs) Trick question. I'm serious. Autobiography (laughs) of George Mueller. (laughs) (laughs) M-U-L-E-R. But the U has those two little dots over it. Yeah, I don't know how you do that. Wow, you knew what that was called. I I took German in high school. Okay, wow. I did not know that. There you go. Yeah, it's called an umlaut. So Uh, there you go. (laughs) What do you you think are your biggest strengths and weaknesses in ministry? Just one. Yeah, uh, man, I would say strength uh, in ministry. Uh, this is just the makeup of how God's made me. Is just problem solving. Um, the Lord really has just given me ability to to walk into problems, to see problems, to see issues, and then strategize to uh, to fix those. Um, weakness is the other side of that coin. Is uh, I I can tend to just try to fix it myself. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so a lot of times for me, weakness comes in taking on too much. Uh, I can tend to overwork. I can tend to internalize problems and uh, something that may not even be uh, something that I caused. Uh, I'll, I'll lose sleep over it at night because I feel like I can't fix it. Yeah. Um, so weakness in that is, is taking too much on myself and, and not relying on the Lord, not relying mm-hmm. on others around me. Yeah. yeah. What about your favorite hobby or pastime? And don't say anything about the Crimson Tide, please. <laughs> are you are you a Tide uh, fan? Uh, I am die a Tide hard. fan. Of course, you I'm are. a diehard Tide fan. I grew up, but I grew up in Birmingham, and so right. you know, I, I grew up. Uh, I grew up. I tell people uh, my my first experience is going to Alabama games uh, were in the lean years under Shula uh, oh, and yeah. Dubose. So yeah. so I went to my first Bama games. They lost most of them. So yeah. uh, so it was. But then living in Tuscaloosa for three years. So yeah, I probably would say Alabama football. Or I'm I'm a nerd, so I, I really would say reading. Uh, reading is probably my my hobby. And reading. Uh, reading our staff laugh at me. Reading secular leadership books is kind of my way to, to just get out of ministry world and read yeah. about entrepreneurs and business and that sort of stuff. Yeah, yeah, awesome. Uh, what about your favorite movie? Toss up between Gladiator or Patriot. Uh, I want to see somebody <laughs> kill somebody. Uh, it just depends on whether it's going to be uh, <laughs> colonial uh, New England or yeah, uh, or Rome. Roman Empire. Which one? <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. So both of those two. And yeah. What about your favorite band or musician? Oh man, uh, I would probably say uh, I'd probably say Crowder in that. Uh, kind of always has been. So, I, and I, I've loved. I even love his new stuff. Uh, oh. I, I, I love. I've loved kind of watching the the evolution of of Crowder through the years. So his new CD my is my one. favorite thing he's ever done hmm. from start to finish. It is, I think, the best CD in the Christian market in the yeah. last ten years. Yeah. I love it. He's just—he's a freak. He's a—he's yeah. a musical freak. He is. Yeah. Uh, and so I just—I've always—he was kind of, you know, 
I, I led worship way back in the day, and he was kind of what I cut my teeth on, you oh, know, learning yeah. all of his stuff. So I've just I've always loved him, but now I just love watching all the weird directions yeah. he goes with stuff. So see, Chad, here's a great example of where progressive rock intersects <laughs> Christian music because Crowder's a great example of this because I don't mm-hmm. think anybody would classify him as class or progressive rock. But there's no instrument that's off limits. Yeah. There's no genre that's off limits, and he has this unique ability to weave different styles together. Together and, and make them his own, which is the the yeah. evidence of a yeah. truly that's progressive. A, that's musician. an artist, man. Yeah. Have you seen or have you heard the uh, his new version of "Because He Lives" with Bill Gaither? Yes, I have. Yes, it's, it's unbelievable. It is. It just blew my mind. I'm sitting there and I'm like, "Whoa, that that's Bill Gaither <laughs> yeah. singing yeah. with Crowder." Yeah. Uh-huh. How about that? My my favorite yeah. thing is the way he pronounces the word "yell." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's not you. It's it's y'all. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, oh, good, an incredible live musician too. Man. Yeah, just yeah. You know, if you can if you can pull that stuff off live, then you're a real musician. And I've yeah. seen him a couple of times, and always, always. Well, and he's one of those guys that you just look at. You watch him live, and you think, you know, had he chosen to to go to go the secular route, yeah. he totally would have made it. Oh, he'd been huge uh, because he's you know he's again he's a musical freak. And, yeah, and he's creative and all that stuff. So. Well, and I saw the other day that I mean, they're using. Uh, uh, Run Devil Run for MLS soccer commercials now as a theme song, and uh, so it. he has you know transcended yeah uh, you know boundaries. Dave, I'm so glad you brought up soccer in this podcast. I know. It makes me so happy. <laughs> Chad is a soccer freak, so uh, so yeah, always De- got to get. It. I, I am to soccer what Dave is to prod rock. So that's, that's right. Yeah, 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 I, yeah, yeah. He can talk soccer all day long, and I don't know what he's talking about. Yeah, I can talk progressive rock all day long. He didn't have a clue what I'm talking about. Yeah. So no. we really communicate well. Yeah. yeah. That's awesome. yeah. All right. Well, BJ, thanks for coming and hanging out with us. And yeah, uh, I've been a part of the summit now for about a little over three years now yeah. and have just absolutely loved it. And uh, guys doing some incredible things there. And, and uh, you know, with church planning being one of my passions and, and heartbeats, obviously, with what I do, uh, it's been fun to, to watch Summit just wade further and further into that mm-hmm. uh, church planting pool and uh, and to see God just continually replace leader after leader that they send yeah. out. And, and so uh, it, it's fun to, fun to watch. Cool. I'm, well, I'm man, I'm... Every time I have a residency conversation, I'm like, okay, you need to talk to BJ. Yeah. <laughs> you need to talk to BJ because they're doing this. Well, so. man, I appreciate it. And we really appreciate what you guys are doing. Honestly, we, uh, we say a lot right now, man. We, we could not be uh, prouder uh, of what God's doing in the Arkansas Baptist State Convention. Uh, and I, I don't say that, you know, as a way to puff you guys up, but we just, uh, we, 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 we kind of using this phrase a lot of, man, we're, we're loving our tribe right now. Yeah. Uh, we're loving what God's doing right now, uh, in the state of Arkansas among, among Southern Baptists and just kind of privileged to be a part of it. So yeah, yeah man, been fun. Too. Well, great interview with BJ. Uh, I tell you, I've, I've been a member at summit now for, going on almost four years now it's just kind of hard to believe we've been there that long and and i've just just we just become great friends and just watching what god's done there over the last few years has been you know just incredible and uh, just walking through this residency with them and uh you know they're just uh they really invest in their guys heavily and so that's been kind of kind of fun uh you know a couple of things you know he said uh that i thought were great you know once again emphasizing the relationships you know in church planting you know they're not just investing financially in these guys but they're doing 
life with them. Uh, you know, he had you know he had that even from Alabama to you know from Arkansas to Alabama. You know, when they planted there, uh, even Bill making a trip down there, you know, to see them and and to pour in them and that you know being able to call back to to any of their leaders and and staff with questions and needing resources. Just that that pipeline of relationship, you know, such a such a huge huge deal and uh absolutely love that you know emphasizing that uh again and then the i'll tell you the second thing uh, i think you know that whether he learned it from mike mcdaniels or uh bill wellens the farm system versus finishing school thought was was great um and uh, we kind of do a little bit of both of that here at the absc getting guys at different levels uh, when they come come in, and uh, and we've got a group of college students right now that we're trying to cultivate as a farm system that will eventually plant, uh, and then others that have pastored or been youth pastors or whatever. And so that, that was a great that was a great thought in in light of the residency conversation. Yeah, I thought it was really good because um, I, I appreciate what Andy Addis had to say about him raising up guys yeah. that they're 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 more of a farm system what they're doing. Uh, but to think of how now he's doing it more there, some it's more like a finishing school. And uh, I love that terminology. I think that's really helpful to give handles, but, but it also just kind of shows you that, man, we need all types of different models of yeah. church planting. We need, you know, he says kind of a hybrid of multi-site and planting a church, yep. uh, you know, and so you got Addis who's kind of all multi-site and then you got, um, these guys who do live preaching, they don't just have campus pastors in a screen. And so, I just I think that's what stood out to me the most is you know we need all sorts of different models if we're going to reach all sorts of different people, um, and then like you said I mean I'm you stole my thunder the relationships yeah. I mean over and over and yeah. over don't do it alone he yeah. said that was the one advice he would give church planters yep. he said it was you know they sent us and supported us well and what was the one of the two top two three things he said it was relationships yep he mentioned that story about Bill coming down for two days and what's crazy is there's so many of our churches, so many of them, that can't support a church planter financially, can't maybe send teams. But, man, every church can have a relationship with a planter, and yeah. that seems to over and over be the highest value for every every planter we talk to. And yep. so I just think that's a great thing for us to remember, that if you can build a relationship with a planter that's free, anybody can do it, it means the world to them. So. Yeah, yeah, really great conversation, man. Really great yeah. conversation. Yeah, good stuff. And uh, you know, and they've done the the video venue multi site before, and it didn't go well uh, for them, which is one of the reasons that they're doing the kind of hybrid plants and campuses they're doing now with live teaching and, and leadership because their their experience before didn't go well. And I I don't know all the ins and outs you know of that, but that's what led them to the model that they're they're doing now. So they've tried two or three different things and finally have landed on this that yeah. has worked well. And all the guys that they're they're planting with, they've had some kind of relationship with in the past. Either, you know, Kyle was on staff at Summit before uh, before coming back to, to plant, he went from Summit to Mississippi and then came back. Uh, you know, Zach, of course, several of the guys at Summit were on staff with Zach uh, in Memphis and in Alabama. And so there's history there. The guy that's going to lead worship for Zach in Saline County was actually Zach's youth worship leader when he was doing student ministry or collegiate ministry, whatever, in, in Memphis at Bellevue. Uh, and so just the, the inner relationships and all of this 
uh, you know, has been huge for them, and they've got guys they trust, and and uh, they they they've seen our you know have some of the summit DNA and are, are worth pouring into, and so it's working yeah, really it's well. Awesome. It's story time with Uncle Neil. We are so excited to bring stories from church planters and partners all over the state of Arkansas. These stories come from Jared Sears from Narrative Church in Bentonville, Arkansas, Ryan Ingold of Crosspoint Church in Bryant, Arkansas, and Derek Heron of Community of Love in England, Arkansas. One of the members of Narrative Church recently invited someone to their house church family. This person had actually given up on church and had become very cynical. But now they have been attending the house church at Narrative Church for four weeks in a row. They even said, quote, I've never actually looked forward to going to church before. Recently, Ryan Ingold of Crosspoint Church in Bryant, Arkansas, opened their church doors to hold a parent's night out for foster parents in their area. They had 40 kids that were in the foster system to attend the event at the church. And Crosspoint was able to show them the love of Christ. Our final story comes from England, Arkansas, where Derek Heron is the pastor of Community of Love Church. Now, the church had been talking to a man in the community for quite some time. And the church recently celebrated when this man made a confession of faith and also joined the church. Church planting is full of stories like these, and we want to hear yours. Email us today at thegrind at absc.org. It's called reading. Top to bottom, left to right. Group words together as a sentence. What is this? I'm still sore I never read Moby Dick. I'm very important. You never read anything I asked you to. Uh, I have many leather-bound books. Let's look at Chad and Dave's bookshelf. Got a couple of different options. Uh, uh, it's a book I read a couple of years ago. Uh, I've got two or three I'm reading right now, but didn't get them finished by the time this podcast was recorded. So I'm pulling out one that had a huge impact on me a couple of years ago. Uh, and it's a book called Almost Christian by uh, Kenda Creasy Dean. Uh, what the faith of our teenagers is telling the American church. And uh, I'm absolutely fascinating book. Uh, she's at uh, Princeton uh, and did spent about five, six years doing research with teenagers, what they believed about God, you know, kind of the role of, of faith in their households, you know, what role their parents play in discipling them, pouring into them. And, and what, what she came away with was kind of a disturbing uh, realization. And she, she calls it this. And there's multiple people that have used this terminology, but she says, we interviewed these teenagers and kind of track their growth over this span of five, six years, whatever it was. He said, what we came out with is that they have a form of moralistic therapeutic deism. Uh, that, that God wants me to be good, uh, that he wants me to be happy, and if I need him, I can call him, but otherwise I'll just live my life and be a good person. And, 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 you know, and this is, this is this younger generation coming up. That's what they've grown up with. And, And their conclusion was that this didn't happen in a vacuum. 
You know, mm-hmm. where they saw this modeled for them was in their parents. Mm-hmm. And uh, and so rather than, you know, having these vibrant uh, lives as followers of Jesus, they're, they're just almost, <laughs> you know, almost Christian. Yeah. And uh, it was really it was just a fascinating read. And some of the, the interviews, you know, and the, the comments from the, the teenagers, the, the things that they saw and read, uh, and really I think is a wake-up call and a challenge to the church to make sure that we're pouring into our kids a, a biblical faith, a biblical picture of Jesus, that he's not some grand uh, grandpa Santa in the sky that you know just intersects with our lives occasionally uh, and, and wants you know just us to be happy and and uh, uh, you know, just googly eyed all the time. It's not all about rainbows and unicorns, you yes. Know? Uh, but just fascinating read. I, I highly recommend it for anybody, particularly working with young adults, but also with parents of teenagers. And uh, just as a, a, a cautionary tale to make sure, you know, the parents of your teenagers even know how to disciple their kids. Man, yeah, no. great, great book. Yeah, yeah, that's that is a great book. I, I think uh, that moralistic therapeutic deism that came out of that book is is a great conversation piece. Uh, oh, maybe man. even a maybe even a critique of the church a little bit. Uh, yeah. For how we approach discipleship of the next generation, which is, you know, for a lot of churches, been uh, drop the kids off, we'll do it, and yep. it's not really consistent at home, and so yeah, uh, it's really good, man. Yeah, good stuff. Um, my book this week is by a guy named Brian Croft, and it's actually a book, and I want to pass along a resource from him. He's a guy who runs a blog called Practical Shepherding. And he talks a lot about the shepherding aspect of pastoring. He's been in a revitalization for a number of years. And um, and uh, it's just a really helpful blog. I, I think he has a lot to offer from a replant uh, perspective because he's kind of doing revitalization. But he, he talks a lot about the longevity of ministry, the benefit of being in the same church for a long time. Uh, on his blog. And then the book that I'm particularly referencing is called The Pastor's Family. And he talks about the struggle in ministry to keep balance between the church and family uh, and and really lays out, I think, uh, his struggles with that and, and how do we do that as pastors? How do we keep that balance to where uh, the, our family doesn't suffer uh, for, the, for the sake of the church? So recommend him. Uh, especially for those of, of, of who listen who are either dealing pastors who are dealing with a revitalization situation or guys who are looking at replanting. I think he's got some helpful stuff. Yeah. I'll tell you, balancing family and ministry is one of the eternal questions <laughs> of yeah. life for ministers. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I always, you know, dad told me when I was in seminary, he said, you're going to lay down every night and not wondering if you neglected, but what you neglected, either family, ministry, or school or a personal spiritual walk. And he said, yeah. one of those is going to get neglected. He said, the challenge is not neglecting the same thing over and over. And, yeah. uh, you know, keeping balance in that. <laughs> yeah. And so I heard somebody else say, I can't remember who it was. I give him credit for it. But uh, I heard somebody say one time, make sure that you're disappointing the right people. Yeah. That really helped me a lot because uh, I think a lot of times I've disappointed the people that I should not be disappointing the most. Yeah, and that there's other people that I could have disappointed uh, that would have it would have been much less uh, consequences for that. So yeah, yeah, it's a good word, man. It's a good yeah. word. Great stuff. Great stuff. 
All right. Well, that's going to be it for uh, another episode of The Grind. Uh, We've got some uh, other exciting interviews coming up. Uh, Hoping to get Alan Hirsch on the podcast coming up. Uh, you know, y'all know my love and affinity for Alan Hurst. We're going to try and get him on here. Uh, we're also going to try and get a couple more Sin City uh, church planners. Uh, George Ross was uh, just here recently, and Matt Hess were just recently here with us at the Evangelism Conference uh, to try and help build some Sin City connection partnerships with them. Uh, George is in New Orleans, and Matt is in Toronto. Uh, great guys uh, doing some incredible stuff. Uh, look to get those guys on here. Uh, before too long and uh, coming up and so uh, uh, you can look forward to that and those guys will be fun interviews and so uh, so anyway so that's it for this episode and uh, see you guys next time adios Chad keep grinding Dave